Hey, Ruby. Yes. You know what I was thinking about today? What were you thinking about? I was thinking about music. Yeah, I was thinking about music, and I was like, hmm, what's my favorite song? And I said, I don't know. Ruby, what is your favorite song? My favorite is definitely Tristan Un Easel Day Prelude by Richard Wagner. How interesting. Hello and welcome back to the third episode of <laughs> Gavin and Ruby Go to a Movie. Oh my yes. goodness, episode three. We, uh, we're, we're recording this one at um, 12 p.m. in the which day. Which is not normal. Which is not Usually normal. Usually it's Saturday night. Saturday it's night. midday on Sunday. Yep. We got two hours so this goes live. Uh, so we got to record it. But basically what yep. happened is... Um, on Friday, I usually don't watch the movies till like Friday so they can stay fresh in my mind. But on Friday, yeah, I got home and I didn't I watched Wild Strawberries and I was like, well, I'll watch Melancholy at night because that's kind of a night movie. Um and then I fell asleep 20 minutes in. And yes, that does, that doesn't that say that doesn't say anything about the quality of the movie, but I did, if I sound a little low energy, it's because I was watching Melancholia last night. Yeah, that happened to me with Wild Strawberries. I watched really? it last night and then I fell asleep. Yes, it's bad it just because it messes me up, but it's Wild okay. Wild Strawberries messes you up? No, the sleeping and then waking up and returning to it. I don't know. Yeah. I like watching it in one shot. One take. Interesting. Well, me and Ruby actually... We just or yesterday now we were at we were at the Terrace Theater. Shout out! Shout out! They get yeah. constant shout outs. Yeah, they did because they deserve. It. They do yeah. great work over over yes. on James Island. You should go. That's where I watch my movies now. Right. Me too. Yeah. Anyways, it was National Cinema Day on Saturday, and yes, everything there was three dollars. What? What? So what did we see, Ruby? We saw Minions Rise of Gru and Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, which was a bit of an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about that later. Um, Yeah. I I also saw, I saw that with Ruby and Ella, I saw. And Ella, um, And Ella, the bay. (laughs) The bay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We saw minions and then just me and ruby saw marcella shell but before that i saw top gun maverick with my dad and then i saw indiana jones after marcella shell with a bunch of 30 year olds in the audience and it was um (laughs) it was certainly an experience i mean i don't like i don't hate indiana jones it's a good movie it's just wasn't really it, it was it's a bit of a change of pace from marcel the shell marcel yes no kidding yeah oh my gosh but all good movies except for minions um no ella and gavin were both hating on minions no it was really just me and ella was good. kind of following she was no following. she had an own opinion too Blah, but they were I... both <laughs> they... it's ah, humbug i say hey to that <laughs> I okay, M- Minions isn't like amazing, but it, I 
they were really hating on it. And I thought it was totally fine. Well, actually, let's talk about that after we talk about these two movies. <laughs> yes, we won't get too off. Yeah, because right people complain. Apparently, this podcast is quote unquote too long. It is. No, it's it is not. too long. You can skip it around. Is. Yeah, if 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 we're boring you right now, feel free to skip ahead to the movies. Honestly, because but like, it also is extremely long. Not we really. We have different viewpoints on if it's too long or not. If you can't tell. But anyways, let's well, get listen, into it. People listen to this Emma Chamberlain podcast, and all those episodes are like 40 I used to minutes. love that podcast. I used to listen to that every single week in like yeah. 2020, 2021, actually. Anyways. Yeah, well, all those episodes like are like ritual. short, like 40 minutes. Like, I, I usually listen to like long, I listen to longer podcasts because I have a lot of free time where I should be doing my homework, but I don't. Lamau, Lamau. Can you not like multitask it? I could, but like listen. I have like minor. No, I'm not going to say that. No, um, I get distracted (laughs) very easily. The podcasts I listen to are very like you got to focus. Okay, I understand. I've heard some people say they listen to this when they do their homework. That's kind of honored by that. That's interesting. I mean, it's kind of like if there are school friends, it's kind of like they're at school and we're. We're sitting next to them and we're just talking and they're doing their work in class. Yes. (laughs) So it kind of creates a school environment. Yeah, I'm not sure I would want that, but yeah. If you're listening to this after the second episode, there's you're gonna notice a huge drop in energy from my voice. (laughs) Um, Yes, mine too. No, you're fine, Ruby. I'm really I'm all frazzled. Melancholy will do that to you. But let's actually it will. We'll get into that. Let's start with uh, Wild Strawberries, directed by yes, famous Swedish Swedish yes. director uh, yes. Ingmar Bergman, who I've uh, me and Ruby have seen the same amount of movies from him. I think really, yeah. I think I don't know if that's true because I, I haven't seen no, Seventh no, Seal. You haven't seen Seventh Seal. That's right, or Virgin Spring. Anyways, yeah, I still need to watch a bunch of his movies. I've been meaning to do it for a while, but I haven't gotten around to it. But we've seen Persona and Winter Light, which Winter Light is one of the best movies ever. Um, yeah, I love pers- that one. Persona is my favorite of his, but I also like Winter Light. Yeah, because it's a woman movie and Ruby's a woman. Uh, so There's no wrong? such thing as am a I woman wrong? movie. There kind of yes. is. Like, Melancholy is a girl movie. Not necessarily. I disagree yes, with is. that. The protagonist mm. is a goal. I'm obviously joking. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Let's yeah, get let's, let's sorry, we're already getting off track. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's let's Wild Strawberries. Wild Strawberries directed by Ingmar Bergman. Um I think fifty eight. Fifty seven. That was I not think. a that was not a good noise. Yeah, fifty seven. Um mm. Ruby, why don't you explain the plot of this one? Because you recommended this one. I did recommend yeah, this one. Yeah, it was a so, Yes. So it's this Professor Isaac. That's how you say his name, right? Don't want to Isaac. Butcher. You can say Isaac. Matter. I don't know if it's like the sweet. Okay, we'll go with Isaac. Professor He's... Zach. Um, okay, no, I'm going to go with Isaac. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So he's traveling to receive like his honorary doctor degree. And on the way, he has to, I guess, face his past because he picks up a bunch of different hitchhikers and those all like trigger certain memories about his past. Yeah, well, how lonely he is. Yeah, he only really picks up like one group of hitchhikers. Two, if you count the two husband and wife, they didn't last very long. They don't last very long. They still did like trigger memories for him, so I would. But yeah, he doesn't pick up like an obscene amount of people. No. Yeah, but he's a doctor. He's going to get some some honor honorary title. I don't. I don't even know. Because uh, that's really not the point of the movie. The point. The point of the no. movie is not about him going and getting this and the the quest to get this. No, it's it's more of a deep dive into his um, own issues and psyche. I right. Guess. Yeah. Which is the best part of the movie. So the way this movie is structured, it has um, it's a flashback. You get some. Uh, it's a flashback, then you get some actual happenings in the middle, and then a dream sequence, and then the ending. Right. And I found the most intriguing parts of this movie to be the stuff that wasn't happening in the current time. Oh, yeah. Me too, for, for sure. sure. The like, flashbacks were definitely the most interesting part. Yeah. The dream, sequ- the dream sequence near the end, which we won't spoil for now, but it's right. It's really fantastic, and um, yeah, I like that a lot. I think that yeah, the present, the present, like what was happening right then, wasn't quite as in- it wasn't. interesting. Well, it didn't like, hold up to the past. Yeah, yeah. And here's an issue I have with Ingmar Bergman's The Seventh Seal, which this may sound a little blasphemous because that movie is like universally loved. But mm-hmm. my problem with that movie is that they. They force the theme of religion in. And I think that this movie has that theme of religion, but it also, like, weirdly forces it in. Like, so what happens on the road is that they pick up these these uh, farmland. I don't even know. They're just out in the country. They're out in the country. And they want to go to Italy or something. And they're all, they're young two guys and a girl and they fight over her and they also fight over whether God is real or not. It just feels yeah, really unnecessary. Seemed, it seemed really like random and not really attached to the general like meaning of the film. Yeah. M- probably my biggest issue with the movie is those characters just because they have, mm-hmm. so, they have so little to do and so little relevance. I've in my opinion to the experience as a whole, I would have preferred it, preferred it if it was rather just um, Isak and his, uh, what would you call it, daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law, in yeah. I thought Sarah was kind of important because she reminded him of his, of his cousin, of <laughs> his yeah, lover. Which I guess um, we, can, we can probably get into that in a second, but finish your thought. The other two guys I did not think were really important at all, and their conversation about God and religion I also did not find very important to the film at all. But I, mean, I thought was a Sarah little... was important. I would keep her. Nah, not really. She was just kind of, I smoke cigarette and, um, <laughs> or pipe. 
or whatever. Yeah, that was the bit. Yeah. But I found I thought it was funny when they were they were fighting up on the hill and pushing each other. Yeah, they had moments, but I see what you're saying. They weren't integral, I guess, to the plot. Yeah. So let well, let's get into the whole flashback <laughs> sequence. Yes. Which tells uh, I wouldn't really say this is a spoiler. Um, so I feel like we can talk no. about it. I wouldn't say it's a spoiler, no. But this is just a weird old timey thing, I guess. So uh young Isaac. Isaac, Sack, Mr. Sack, Dr. Sack. He was in a relationship with his cousin, I think. Mm-hmm. Whose name is Sarah. Whose name is Sarah. Wait, really? I didn't even pick yeah. up on that. That was fun. That was because that's what triggered hit the memory. Well, because they never say the names the name. of the characters. <laughs> that's true. But I think they mentioned it once because he even said, like, oh, you're Sarah. My, like, past lover was Sarah or something. Yeah. Anyways, carry on though. Yeah. So, I'm really low energy today. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry, folks. Anyways, <laughs> maybe okay. I'll pick up some energy when we talk about melancholia, which is kind of ironic. But yeah, anyways, it's ironic. What happens is that, uh, so Doctor Sack is dating, uh, his cousin, but then they're having a big family gathering, and. His cousin, who is his lover, gets a little mm. ooh with um <laughs> his brother. So it's right. incest on incest. Exactly. Well, his brother kind of manipulates her. It's not totally voluntarily, and then mm, and then she feels really bad. But still, I'm not like a I'm not defending her necessarily. No, 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 no. But no. she is kind of. I'm not. No, I'm not putting the. Goes. I'm not. She is manipulated into the situation. And she is not happy with it. It's actually pretty good. I mean, if you take out of context the incestuous part, like it's right. actually pretty interesting. Like her, like uh, her psyche, or I guess what she thinks about the situation. Right. But then also it's incest, and it's weird. It feels weird. Yeah, to it's watch. hard to get behind anyone. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was a very uncomfortable flashback, but I thought it was good yeah me too it was good and it added to isaac's psyche and um yeah it was good but the main the main part of this movie that i wish they focused on more was the relationship mm-hmm. between isaac and his daughter-in-law yeah because that's oh, yeah, I, me too for sure yeah because that's what i found the most intriguing and in, in the opening he decides to drive all the way to the ceremony with his um, uh, daughter-in-law. And she, like, has, like, she shows, like, no respect for him. And, yeah, like, she doesn't exit. like him. because She doesn't like him. Because he hasn't really helped out her and then her husband, who's Isaac's son. Yeah. And he's a, he's a bit, he's pretty misogynistic. Like, I see... And everyone describes him as like ice cold or what like he's not like a charming warm person so she is not really a fan of him at yeah all. but he kind of is it feels like i mean his family describes him as that but look at the gas station scene there's a scene where they have to stop to get gas and mm-hmm. they're like and and the the gas station owners they give him gas for free 
and they say we'll we'll never forget what you did to the, like how much you did for this town and it's like true and and you go into the dream sequences and it's it's about how like he wants to show that compassion but he does he can't he can't find it we'll talk about that in the spoiler section but at the very opening of the movie there's also another there's also a theme of, of death um right what happens yeah, is so he, he falls asleep and he goes into a dream world and he looks at a clock and it he's ticking and it mirrors his heartbeat um yes and a hearse comes by and he looks into the hearse and he sees himself dead himself yes which is great but a thing i i i i love that theme and i love it in the dream sequences and it's beautiful and it's haunting but it never really gets explored in the real life it feels like it feels like it's not translated as well you know yeah no, I agree, because I was reading reviews of it, and a lot of them were saying, like, wow, the theme of, like, death is so strong in this. Like, this is all about, like, the impending doom, I guess, of death. But it's, I didn't see that as strongly as I saw the other themes of just, yeah. like, general aging and time and stuff. Yeah, it's it's not really. It's not even, it's not really a sad movie, I would say, like, in the way that Synecdoche, New York, deals with death. It's hopeful, even really i'd say i wouldn't say that because he's finding out like oh i feel like everything has gone wrong for him in his life everything like, has gone has wrong been... from in his life but at the end he's living yeah he somehow is seems happy at the end he's stronger than me because i would not be happy yeah because everything is i don't know how much i can say without spoiling it like every aspect of his wrong life seems to have gone wrong yeah I wouldn't say it. maybe not maybe hopeful is too strong, but I wouldn't say it's as despairing as Synecdoche, New York's ending is, or ho- a whole movie. It doesn't. I, I think the think... ending is what sets it apart for sure, because the ending is a lot more hopeful yeah. than I expected it to be. But when I'm watching the movie, I don't feel dread at all. Like I'm never okay. dreading, except for that one dream sequence, which we will get into. Right. Um, I'm never. Dr- like feeling dread throughout the entire movie it, it i i just felt i don't hate this movie i like this i like this movie a lot actually i think it's great there's some really yeah. good cinematography in there great performances um i agree yeah but it's just it didn't really make me i wasn't too invested until like yeah. the last bit of the movie no i agree I'm going back to, again, reviews that I've seen and people were saying, like, all this left me so empty and, like, hollow and, like, depressed afterwards. But I agree, and especially because the ending is not sad at all. Like, I didn't end this feeling, like, oh, the way that I did with Synecdoche, New York. Like, yeah, it's I was just, just a different like, experience. It, it felt like, it didn't feel hollow. It just felt like, well, he's still living and things suck, but that's, like, things will suck, I guess. <laughs> true i mean yes. and that's just it and yeah i like this movie a lot um what else can we say i think there's a scene in there where they pick up a married couple they they get in a car accident with a married couple and listen he is a warm person because he helps the he even when they own they put themselves like so what happens is they're on the road and 
he has to swerve, and the married couple's car goes. It flips and it goes upside it down and it crashes. Yeah, but they, he decides to help them out, even when they just almost could have caused his death. He is a warm person, I believe. I don't think he's uncaring. I think he's self-aware. But there's also that scene earlier on when Marianne, his daughter-in-law, is talking about how she and I don't even know how to say his son's name, Evald. I don't know. Evald. Yeah. They needed help. They needed help with something, and he responded like, "I'm not helping you with anything. Like, I'm don't get involved in like marriage issues. Like, you guys can figure it out yourself. Like, which." I don't know, but yeah, but at the end, I think he has a bit of a character development, and I don't. I think he is a warm person deep down, and he is warm to people around him. But maybe, and I agree that towards the end, he gets much warmer than he seems at the start. Yes, and there's a scene with his grandma, right in the middle of the movie, which was nice, and it, it paralleled the theme of death and time. In the very beginning, but right, maybe he. J- I don't know. We'll talk about Evolved in a little bit in their situation. Um, okay. but yeah, overall, this movie it's it's great. I think it's great. Um, I do have a lot of criticisms of it, but I think yeah. again that ending, which we'll talk about, or the the dream sequence, which which we'll talk about, and some of the conflicts that happen, are, are, are right are um very good so i'd give it an eight out of ten probably closer to a seven but still an eight out of ten for me yeah i was gonna say the same thing actually i'd say eight yeah i'd say actually the exact same thing eight closer to seven yeah it's very good uh not ingmar bergman's best i'd say it ranks for me for the ones i've seen it ranks a little below uh the virgin spring which is very good and a very tough watch um yeah yeah, it's it's good uh maybe maybe check out like winter lights and persona before you watch this one because this one i mean it's not it's not too it doesn't really reach a broad audience i guess i mean a broad audience could connect to it but it's not really that like ah, you know i don't know (laughs) Yes, no, for sure. So maybe yeah, I would yeah, start check out, out with Winter Light. Yeah, watch Winter Light. I think that Light. one is really the start. And yeah. then Persona at some point, but that one is kind of crazy. That so one does get a little crazy. It's very different from all of his other movies. Yeah, I love yeah. it. That's it's, one of my favorites ever. It's yeah, so it's, good. Oh, it's fantastic. But anyway, yeah, check this one out. Oh, one more thing I want to mention. Um, yes. This movie, it feels like it's all about Ingmar Bergman himself. Like the... The professor's name is Isaac Borg, Ingmar Bergman. Come on. It's very. Hey, actually, I didn't notice that. You didn't notice that? No, it's very on the nose no. about himself. And a lot of his movies are about himself, like Seventh Seal and Winter yeah. Light, the protagonist, struggles in that movie. Kind of, I guess, connect to Ingmar Bergman. Even though I don't know much about his personal life, I'm just assuming because Isaac Borg and Ingmar Bergman, come on, man. Yeah, got, like, no, that makes sense very on the nose hmm, interesting yeah but this is a very good movie um i yeah i i just want to apologize again oh my goodness i feel so low energy 
but um no i do too but it's okay this is we can just this is a more mellow mellow laid-back episode then yeah yes um yeah but i guess check out some of ingmar bergman's other movies before you watch this one and now we're moving on to the spoiler section of this movie i would suggest skipping ahead um the timestamps are in the description uh, if you want to skip ahead because you can skip ahead we're letting you skip ahead you don't have to listen to the whole thing anyways um, okay all right let's not skip ahead the listener yep okay skip it we love you guys yes we, lo- we, nothing guys, but we love. love you guys so much nothing but love actually we can make money off these off this podcast now Oh, a whole like dollar. So maybe in between, yeah, a whole dollar, yeah. Maybe in between this and um, uh, melancholia, I'll put an ad in between. So look out for that ad. <laughs> Believe. And what would the ad even be? Like I for- don't know. Well, you can like on Anchor the app. It lets you like insert ads in between like audio files. So if you want an oh ad at the beginning, you just put an ad before the audio file, and then an ad plays, and you make money off that ad because you put it in. Oh, but God. the trade-off okay. is you don't want to put too many ads in a in a podcast, right? Because then, then you're will just hate you. then people will hate you. Yeah. So we're just we're, we'll probably just have one ad in the middle. Um, okay. Yeah. So check watch out for that ad. Watch out! Ad alert! Ad alert! Warning! Warning! Ring a ding ding. ding. Um. Anyways, okay. let's get on to the spoiler section. Uh, <laughs> what do we want to talk about first? I want to talk about Evolve and his yeah. daughter-in-law. I keep forgetting her name. Marin. Marianne. Marianne. I think. Marianne. No, I think it's so. yeah, it is Marianne. Mm-hmm. Yep, Marianne. So what happens is Evold, he's his son is a very uncaring. Well, he's caring, but caring in a way is he, he can't, yes, he is caring in a way he can't express. Like he wants to care, but he does not care. You know, kind of like Isaac, like his father. Uh, I didn't see that he wants to care so. I much. mean, no, he's not a good guy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's not a good guy. What happens is, let's get into that. What happens is mm-hmm. he gets he gets her pregnant. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's just like, I don't want to be a part of this relationship. I don't want to deal with this baby. Yeah. And I'm like, uh-huh. dude, what the heck? Not a good guy alert. Ring a ding ding. Um, <laughs> yes. No kidding. No kidding. Uh-huh. And she, he just he starts just ignoring her and stuff. And that's why she has, like, anger at Isaac because Evald is being not a good guy. And I guess she compares him to his father, which is interesting. Um, But I feel like Evald will turn into... Because Isaac and Evald are very similar characters, like I just said. They both want to care. I feel like they do. Like, no, I think they do. I could see that for I don't see that Evald wants to care. How do he you wants to care? Getting that he wants How? to care about this family, but he can't. There's something stopping him. It's his selfishness that's stopping him from caring. 
Hmm. It's my belief that he has the ability. It's my belief that everybody has the abil ability to care and that some things just hold them back from caring or like being a good person, you know? Fair, yeah. And some people just don't care, but they want to deep down. Unless you're like a psychopath, <laughs> then right. you probably just don't yeah, this care could be in taken general. a wrong way. Uh huh. No, 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 don't say it the wrong way. That's like a part of their issue. Anyways, that's Right. a little. <laughs> It's a topic for another day and another a little movie. deep. Yes. Um, Yes. anyways, yeah. And it's, it's interesting. And at the end he go, he stays at Isaac's house and it looks like their relationship of Marianne and Evald is like going well, I guess. Like they dance, they go Yeah. over to a dance and it's, we, it feels a little out of place, but it's good. I like, I like it. Um, It is good, but it's weird after you just saw them argue about her being pregnant, and then now exactly, they're and all that's a sad scene. finally I teared getting. up. Yeah, That was a it sad is sad, scene, and and it's wonderfully shot. yes, It looks beautiful. it's in the car. The all everything is in the car in this movie, which is interesting. Not really. Well, Not a lot really. of Well, the the flashbacks the are flashbacks a lot, and but the dream sequences don't take place in a car, but. The true. the main plot does. Speaking of dream sequences, Exactly. let's get in. Let's talk about the little, the dream sequence. Really, dream sequence. It's about twenty minutes long. Right Mm hmm near the end of the movie. So these dream sequences kind of bookend, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's the imagery is so good. With the birds, um, there's a bunch of birds flying in the air. And to me, this was the one like metaphor symbolism thing I, I um, picked up on. What did I, what did I think about it? It was like trying to keep your innocence or something. I, I forget. But what happens is he sees this couple in the woods. This is like supposed to be from when he's a younger guy. He sees this couple in the woods um, have intercourse. And he watches them and it's weird, but he reflects on himself. Isn't that his wife? Is it? I thought the woman was his Oh, wife. it might be actually. So he just basically, he gets cuckolded. Um, and he watches it happen. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, Because that's even she more depressing. she talks about I thought him. it, Exactly. really? I thought it was just a random couple. Oh my God. No, it's his wife. That's why I said this movie did not seem hopeful at all to me. He's just realizing everything. Like, But he's watching his wife cheat on him. exactly, And but then then he, talk about him. and then he talks about how much he hates himself for watching and not doing Yeah. anything, which is, oh my God, that's so depressing. Wow. Yeah. Carry on with the dream sequences. I'm going to ruminate on that for a little bit. Okay. Well, you didn't beforehand. He has that whole thing with like trying to read the blackboard, like, and then diagnosing No, that's the patient. that's after. That's after. I thought. That's, I think that's before. That is before you're right. So go Okay. on, go on about that. <laughs> it's like it's this isn't. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. This isn't actually happening. This is still part of the dream, but it's like him getting his honorary degree and he. has to look through this microscope 
And like, I don't remember exactly what he was trying to do, but he can't see through the microscope. He can only see his own eye. Which is, which is about, which is about selfishness and how he, how he believes he is a selfish person. Exactly. Because I don't know. He is and he kind of is. He kind of is, but he doesn't want to be. Because deep down, he is a warm person. in him it's i know but i see what you're saying too i think yeah way deep down maybe he does yeah have some warmth in there mm-hmm. but anyways and then he has to read this blackboard on like what the doctor's like number one job is he can't read it what did it say it was something like to ask the doctor's first job is to ask for forgiveness to ask for like forgiveness that. yeah and then there's one test where he has to like diagnose this patient and he declares her dead and then she starts like manically laughing yeah and that was the wife from earlier basically what happened we didn't really i should have explained this but what happens when they when they get into that car accident there's a husband and wife and they're in like an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. and the the husband like leads the leads the test for Isaac in his dream and the dead person is the wife which I thought was interesting yeah no it was and so he basically he fails everything oh wow yeah he fails everything (laughs) and there's Um, and and it's a bunch of people watching him people from his life right watching him exactly and then that's when after that then they he the guy giving the test like they go out and that's when he sees his wife and the other guy. Yeah. Oh God. And then what happens is she leads. Oh my God. You're right. Sarah, who was the, Oh wow. <laughs> Sarah, who was the incest cousin from before leads him to a baby care. It, it, it was Sarah, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Leads him to a baby carriage. That's, it was empty, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Basically taunting him that you got cheated on. Yeah. Oh my God. Does that mean Evald is not his kid? Whoa. I don't. Oh my God. We're having realization. <laughs> no, no, I think he is. Cause. Oh goodness gracious. Jeez. I don't know. This is what I mean. That could, so that could mean like, that it is a depressing ass movie. Wow. Yeah. Pardon my use of that word. Wow. <laughs> God, and she's taunting him in his mind, and this is himself taunting himself, saying that you you are a bad guy and you you got no you're maidenless dude yeah exactly Womanless, maidenless oh my goodness wow oh, i didn't even think about that oh uh, no he's just lonely and because de- he can't have his cousin lover and then his other wife cheats on him and then she also dies because at yeah. the start it's like oh my wife has been my wife died young yeah and he watched them cheat. Jeez, yeah. man. I know. 
Well, that is kind of crazy. It's an amazing sequence. Great metaphors. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. But that's really about it for me that I have to say about this movie. Was there something? I feel like there was something else I wanted to talk about, but I can't quite remember it now. Mm, I don't know. Except for the, at the very ending, he seems pretty. He's like back in the strawberry fields for a second at the ending. He's, yeah. Has like one more flashback. And he has a smile it, on his face. That's right. Yeah. And, and it feels a little hopeful for me. Anyways, that's yeah, about that it was for definitely this movie. the most helpful part. Yeah. Yes. Good movie. Check uh, it out after you watch some more Ingmar Bergman movies. Right. Yeah. It was definitely good. I wouldn't start with it, but I would definitely watch it. Good recommendation, movie. Ruby. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, hope you enjoyed that ad. Really? Yes, Ling. first ever ad. First Crazy. ever ad. I hope if there was an ad there, this is going to sound really awkward. embarrassing. Yeah, I hope there was too, because then we sound stupid. Uh, exactly. But then uh, we've been talking for 36 minutes already. If you yeah. look at the time. Once um, again, once failing again, at making this shorter. By failing at making this shorter. But, and maybe one gonna, day. Maybe one day. I doubt it. Um, yeah, me too. Okay. Anyways, we let's talk about the next movie, which is called Melancholia. This was my pick for this week. Melancholia yes. is directed by Lars von Trier, one of the best working directors today. He is isn't he a little controversial? He is a little controversial, but he is hmm. one of the best working directors today, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. You, so you did some research. And just some light research about his history. Yeah, he has a history <laughs> of doing things. Oh, but any, anyways, but, he's made some yeah. fantastic movies. Um, besides Melancholia, of course. Uh, Dancer in the Dark. The House that Jack Built, which is one of my favorites of all time. Probably 10. Mm-hmm. As, actually, it's at 10. Yeah. 10th favorite movie ever. Antichrist uh-huh. with Willem Dafoe. Fantastic. Dogville, Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. Also fantastic. Very long, har- harrowing movie. I- I've seen all of his most popular ones. I've still got to get around to his back catalog, like Europa and The Idiots. But this is his most popular movie, Melancholia. It stars Kirsten Dunst, who was uh, Mary Jane Watson in yes. the original Spider-Man trilogy, which Ruby did not know. Okay, um, I did like which I is know, insane. I'm really bad with knowing like associating actors to their roles. Well, you gotta get good at that, all right, buddy. I know. I will. I'll work on it. Yeah, yeah, I will. Man. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Melancholia is a movie about Kirsten Dunst's character named Justine, who is getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first hour of this movie is a wedding ceremony that just goes, I wouldn't say, I always hear it described as chaos whenever I read reviews of this movie, but it's not really chaos. It just goes no. south. Let's just say it goes south. Yeah. And then the second half of this movie is basically the repercussions of that wedding. And there's also a giant planet that's going to maybe destroy Earth. Right. By the way little detail about the movie yeah um 
So yeah, uh-huh. other characters in the movie, you got Justine's sister, who was organizing and planning out this whole wedding. Um, right. Cool. And she's very, yeah, Claire, I think. And she's very, this on time, this on time. She's very anxious. Um, yes. Her husband, who is, uh, he's a nice, he's, you know, I'm not a nice guy. He yeah, yeah. he just kind of exists. He likes space. He's yeah. like he's into astronomy, um, I guess. And so he yeah. knows about the planets and stuff. And that's about it for main characters. There's also Charlotte's. Did we say Char- Claire? Claire's kid, because it's Charlotte oh, Gainsbourg right. is something right the actress. But there's her kid who's just the her kid. Basically. Yeah, they'll play a bigger Claire John and her kid a bigger role in the second in the part. second act. But let's get into it. This is my pick. I've seen this before. Let yes. me tell the story behind my first time watching this movie. Okay. I was out sick. I never threw up, but I had a stomach bug. It felt mm-hmm. like my uh-huh. my tummy was not feeling too good. My tum tum was okay. not, worst not worst type of thing. Yes. Um. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I've been hearing so much about this melancholy. I I I should probably check it out checked it out made me feel awful yeah oh my god that that made my tummy my tum tum <laughs> even worse made my tum tum feel like bum bum bars oh bum bum as in, as in butt that's crazy as in butt it, uh-huh. it made it feel like butt um because this movie is absolutely just disparaging and yeah just empty and hollow and oh just makes me it makes me feel awful it does but i love this movie it it's great um it's fantastic what do you think about it ruby yeah. i love it it was my first time seeing it and i was a little hesitant because uh, i'm not i have a bit of a thing against sci-fi like oh planet but other the, planet cre- like I don't yeah know. but this isn't I'm really sci-fi biased. i wouldn't say exactly and that's why i ended up really liking it because it's not the planet is important but it's not the entire plot it's not like the main event it's more i don't know it is important but either way i really liked it i thought yeah it like it kept me captivated for sure throughout the entire thing and it also made me really depressed which i actually enjoy i enjoy <laughs> feeling something from a movie yeah like synecdoche new york exactly yeah but i'd say synecdoche new york makes me a little more depressed than this movie I don't know how I would rank them. I would put Ooh. them about equally depressed. Wow. That's that's tough, man. You had a tough life going for you. But anyways, depressed is depression is a main theme of this movie. It is my opinion yeah. that the the planet which is called Melancholia. Melancholy. Oh, actually right. no. I'm not gonna talk about that right just right now. But it's this okay. movie, the main character, Justine, deals with such an intense depression, kind of like Isaac, yeah. where she just, she doesn't care. Like, the wedding's yeah, happening, exactly. and she just, she just walks away. There's one part where she gets on a golf cart, and she pees on on a yes. golf course. And she yeah. just, she keeps leaving throughout the wedding. Her husband doesn't seem like he's really a person he kind of feels like a robot yeah like exactly he's, nobody at the party besides maybe her dad which i love her dad 
Yeah. You know, he might be a bad person. Maybe. Nah, I don't know. Whatever. It's kind of implied with the whole he's Betty just... thing. Yeah. He, 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 he's just he collecting calls every... those spoons. Yeah, he, he was just collecting those spoons. And uh, he, he calls, like, every girl near him Betty. Yeah. So, mm, little mm, questionable. But... A little questionable. Objective. Whatever. And um, she just, she's not happy at all. And Charlotte's over here trying to help her out, but she doesn't know what to do. She just... Claire. Yeah, Sorry, Claire, you Claire, Claire, Claire. Yes. Claire yeah, just yeah. doesn't know what to do. Right. And it's so just... God, it makes me feel awful. And she gets a promotion at the wedding ceremony, and then she yeah. resigns from her job in front yeah, of her boss. Because the guy... Yeah, the, her, her boss like wants her to think of a new slogan like at her own marriage. Yeah. It's, it's weird, and then she's obviously just... It's just a lot, and so she just resigns on the spot. She just resigns. Her mom is not a great person but it sounds no. like she wasn't in a happy relationship but she yeah she's, she's projecting she doesn't care she speaks out mm-hmm. she makes a to during a toast she speaks out against her her marriage the marriage is happening exactly it's so it's so cringeworthy and grimy and gooky i yes, guess exactly no it is but yeah, yeah, yeah. and the and the wedding ends and everyone goes home. Things just keep going wrong during the wedding. Um, yeah. And it's it's weirdly cut. Like, there's a bunch of people at this wedding that just we don't like hear about. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. And, and everyone seems to just yeah, sorry, like a, want just to be like happy, but she's just yeah. They seem like happy, and like they're having a good time, but not a great time. And then they go home. No. And the relationship, the relationship between her and her husband, is, and it's it's up in the air. Like they don't really talk at all. It's just really weird. It's really weird. Yeah, they seem to have no real like dynamic between them. Like, and they have this one conversation at the very end, where then I can't remember exactly what they say, but it's something like oh, like, that could have been better or something like that. And then they kind of split their different ways. And that's kind of it. Like, you don't hear from the husband again. It's crazy because he's like a robot. It's crazy. And it feels, it just feels awful to watch. And that along with the cinematography and editing of this movie, which is one thing Lars von Trier is known for is his um, editing choices, which are these office like mockumentary cuts right and all these zooms and like it cuts like they're talking and then it cuts like five like two seconds later to something yeah, else exactly that, that they're saying and it's which i liked a lot oh, I, I love it people hating on that but i really liked it that that really adds to the movie and that happens in the house that jack built too which is yeah fantastic and we'll i think i'm gonna recommend that for halloween Okay. Season. Okay. Yeah, because it's it's a bit of a serial killer movie. But it's oh, not too spooky. Fine. Anyways, okay. um, yeah, it's very great. The performances are fantastic. Really um, good. Yeah. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst really sells it. Um, I would say my only like critique of this movie on the whole, honestly, is that the wedding 
went on for a long time. No, I, I disagree. That's my favorite really? part of the movie. I think the second really? act is a little weaker. I'm the other way around. I like the second act more. But I like I the don't. wedding a lot. But it just, especially like in the whole thing with them parking on the, like that took up like 15 minutes. Really yeah, what happens scary. is they have like a stretch limo. It's funny though. They have a stretch limo and they, it's yeah. not 15 minutes, maybe five minutes. It's just a little gap. Sorry, I'm a little bit dramatic. Yeah, they have they have a stretch limo. They order a stretch limo and the road's not like wide enough. So they have to keep backing up and going forward, backing up and going forward. And they end up just walking to the wedding and being late. Yeah. Because I, I did really like the wedding like a lot. I just felt like it. I don't know if it need did it really need to be so long to get the. I think across, so. But I, I think you could have set saying. the entire movie at the wedding, and not really? have the after bit. I think that would have been a little more interesting. But I think we'll talk about the second act. Well, we can introduce the second act at least. What happens yeah. is the wedding ends, and Justine has just gone into a complete depressive spiral. And yeah, she's super depressed. And they're still at this mansion or whatever. Mm-hmm. And her sister's trying to help. It, they're split, it's literally split into two parts. Or I don't even say the second act. I'd say more half second half of the second act and third act is the second part. Part one is about yeah. Justine at the wedding. And then part two is called Claire, which is about her right. sister. But it also still focuses on Justine. Yeah, exactly. It's still both of them, but it's te- they label it as yes. Claire's part. But that's the thing about that second part. I don't feel like it puts enough attention on Claire as a character to really make me super invested, I guess, in her issues. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Because Claire, her thing is more, she's extremely anxious. She's a lot more paranoid about melancholia. The planet. And Justine, yeah, the planet. And Justine isn't as paranoid because she's so depressed. Like you said, she just does not. Yeah, she doesn't She can't care. be bothered to care because she's so depressed. And then Claire is like her opposite. And she's super anxious about it. Yeah. Which I think is an interesting. Oh, concept. yeah, for sure. It's an interesting dichotomy. But what I'm saying is that Claire as a character is just not given all that development time as Justine True. is in the very beginning. And it kind of just places us right there and we're like, okay, you got to care about this character now. And like, I do. Right. No, that's true. Like, I care yeah. about her to some extent. Of course, I like, it's easy to care for her, but it's, it feels like she needed a bit more development than the first act. Yeah. Um, no, I think I care for her just... more because I related to her more. Like if there's a planet yeah. coming to like kill us, I don't know. I would be more... I'd be more Claire. I'd be extremely anxious. I would be somewhere And in I the think middle. that's what made me resonate more. I'd be somewhere in the middle, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it depends on my current... Anyways, hopefully you don't have to actually think about that. Yeah, we'll hopefully keep the planets not. Keep away from Earth, please. But hey, if climate change keeps up... <laughs> am I right? Yeah, it'll be another planet. Okay. Yeah, like, that's don't very... look up. Yeah, this movie reminded me a lot. This movie reminded me a lot of Don't Look Up. That has the weirdest cast list I've ever seen. It's, it's like a Ariana good Grande. cast. It's funny. Like I need, no, no, I really want to see it. It's a good movie. It's not 
great or anything. It's just entertaining to me, at least. I know that I'd be. I and it's, see that one. it's pretty pre- pretentious, but whatever. I'm joking when I say it reminds. This is much better than Don't Look Up. Yes. Um. But yeah, I find just some parts of the second act very slow. Like what? Um. Or are they spoilers? About the middle, the middle section of the second or the second part is really Which slow. Is- What's happening then? What's happening then? Well, I don't, she's just walking around and she's like, Justine, go take a bath. Justine, go eat. You got to do this. And it's very slow and I don't like it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You don't really need all that to the, like because, emphasize that she's depressed. Yeah. Because you can already tell. Yeah. And they go on horse rides and the horse doesn't want to cross a bridge, which I guess is a metaphor for... um, For... um their unwillingness to move forward or Justine's yeah. unwillingness to move forward. And did you mention at the, at the very start, like the oh, we need, we'll talk about that. images? We'll, we'll talk okay. about that. <laughs> okay. But there's <laughs> also, made me think of that. there's also a use of, Ruby, did you say it was your favorite song? Oh, yes. Yes. I there's, to it all day, every day. All day, every day. Tristan so un isol day. Prelude by Richard Wagner is used so good. the movie, and it's great. Great. Yes. Oh, I listen to it to fall asleep. A... When I wake up, I listen to Literally, it. Literally. When I'm eating actually... breakfast, I listen to it. It's a lifestyle. All day, every day. It's so Wagner, good. Wagner the goat, no cap. Honestly. For Honestly, real. No. Um, rise and grind, listening to Richard Wagner. No. Anyways. <laughs> It's it's a great yes. use, and there's something that happens at the beginning of the movie, and it uses that music, and it's powerful and it's beautiful, and we'll talk about that in the spoiler section, because I think truly you need to experience that for yourself the first time. Words do not do that sequence justice. Yeah, for sure. And the ending of this movie is fantastic. Um, yes. Oh, the ending was so oh, good. The ending was so good. Do you have anything else to add before we get into spoilers? Because I think we're about no. good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think agree. we, this was a pretty good little foray into this movie. <laughs> yes, I agree. I think that, yeah, this was good. Hopefully we've convinced you to check this one out. Do check yeah, this one please. out. please, go watch it. Go watch it. Be warned that you'll probably be extremely depressed, but yeah. it's really good. It's so really good. It. Yeah, but mm, a little, yeah, it's, and it's pretty accessible. It's more accessible than Von Trier's other movies. And actually- yeah. Let's talk about Von Trier's um, history in uh, the spoiler section. But for uh-huh. right now, I'm giving this movie an 8 out of 10, closer to a 9 than a 7, though. Yeah, I was going to say a 9. I really liked it. I really like this movie, too. I just think the second act is a little boring in the middle. Yeah, that's fair criticism, but I like the second I I can't decide which act I like better. Oh, you got the wedding is just the pacing. The wedding is, is really so, good. The pacing is so good, unlike the second act. That's the true. I think the second act lacks in pacing for sure, but yeah, overall nine out of ten for sure for me. Nine out of ten. All right, mm-hmm. let's get in the spoiler section. I would recommend skipping head either yes. to if we had the time. Probably not. We might have a minions discussion really quickly. Actually, yeah, just sk- skip ahead to the wrap up. Uh, the timestamp will be in the description. 
Um, yes. Yeah, but let's talk about spoilers. And now the first thing that I want to talk about is uh, the opening, which we were about to bring yes. up. The opening is basically what happens and the ending of the movie in these almost still frames and the cinematography and editing is completely different of these these like stills still shots yeah yeah it totally set up my expectation for the movie was going to be in a different way like i thought the whole movie was going to be that kind of style like not a lot of talking just a lot of imagery and it wasn't but i get a lot of talking yeah it's a lot of talking but i really liked the opening a lot yeah, I liked how it was almost still, but not quite. Like, I'd have to look twice to see if the image was moving or not. Right. Like, it was really interesting. And it's beautiful because they, they don't use, like, actual sets. They use, like, little, like, soundstage setups. Yeah. Unlike the, the real-life environment of the mansion, which was, oh, it's great. It's beautiful. It's so good. And it has really that really Wagner is. piece playing in the background, yes. which becomes a leitmotif throughout the movie and right it's, it's really fantastic but let's talk about what the ending is and this the the beginning basically foreshadows the ending and you can you can predict yeah. that when you're watching it what happens is uh they they keep talking about in the, in the second part that the planet's not gonna the dad or uh, claire's husband keeps talking about that it's not gonna hit yeah. it's just gonna they keep calling it a flyby and yeah. i think that's a metaphor for like how people treat depression and anxiety. They treat it as it's, oh, it's there for a bit and then it's going to go away. Exactly. Yeah. But that's not, I mean, that's not what happens. It, it crashes and it, it hurts. Yeah. And that's the very ending. And it hurts like extra, like especially bad because John, Claire's husband, was finally able to convince her that it wasn't going to hit because she uses this little device to see if it's getting closer or not and it appears that it's gotten farther away yeah and the device was like made by her son her son yeah it's it's pretty sad yeah it's pretty obvious that it's smaller yeah (laughs) you don't really have to use that device like it's kind of useless but hey it is but it's still the idea yeah but this plan is coming crashing in justine does not look like she cares at all exactly Claire is running around with her kid, frantic, so worried. And then Justine comes to the kid and is like, let's let's get, go get some sticks. And they build yeah. a little tent set up on a field and they they sit in it and the planet comes crashing in. They're all holding hands. But at the last <laughs> moment, so sad. So sad. Yes. The last moment, I don't know if you caught this. But uh-huh. you can see Claire let go. Really? No, yes. I did not catch that. I think that that's what well, maybe I'm crazy, but that's what I saw. Yeah. And the planet comes crashing in. Justine does not look like she cares at all. The kid is like, the kid is closing his eyes, right? That's what's happening. Yeah. And, and Claire is freaking out. Exactly. Like, it's all, like, a representation of their personality throughout the exactly. entire movie. It's, like, right there. In yes, moment. the child represents innocence and exactly. being blind to the idea of being sad 
and exactly letting yourself be sad and but when the planet hits it's called melancholia and you get that feeling of just total melancholy like it hit but it's like it was gonna happen anyway so why would you even care right which is so just yeah despairing and it's really sad it is really sad and also the fact that you can see it coming it makes it even oh it's just so sad the use of still shots and steady cam shots in this movie is very infrequent because it's usually shaky cam documentary exactly documentary style like, like the office but when those those few still shots in the movies come in and the movie comes in come in it's just so powerful and it's moving it is and it's fantastic it is so good oh yeah and i the filming style is really it helped it out a lot i feel like any tears no i told you i have not cried from a movie or from anything at all in like a month i cried i need a real yeah I should have. I feel like I definitely should have. No, you, you so, feel your own emotions about the movie. Yeah, true. I don't know. I've just been out, out of... Because I used to cry at, like, every movie ever. Yeah. Like, I'd find a reason to cry for it. I don't know. I mean, I need to break my streak, though. I miss crying. I cried at Top Gun. Yes. And I, I cried at Marcella show. Yeah, first time oh, wins. Actually, that's probably, that's probably about it for the spoiler section, I believe. Unless... There's I think anything, so. I think anything else you everything. want to talk about. But I don't yeah. think so. Wow, this movie, it is still an 8 out of 10 for me, just because the second part is a little too, like, it's the pacing is just not as good as the first part. But it's yeah. fantastic. You it's definitely so should. If we spoiled it for you, I think you can still get a good experience. Yeah, um, exactly. Because just watching it is a large part of the experience. You can listen to us talk about it, but watching it is like... yes significant wow, too. that's fantastic and that's about it for melancholia though um yes do we want to do a quick i think we have some time do we want to do a quick talk about minions okay go for it i'll fight you on this one since we've okay. been we've been in agreeance for i feel like both of these we've been too we're too much on the same page in this episode minions the right okay we're doing minions Rise of Groot versus Marcel the Shell. Okay, well, we're going to agree on that. But no, Obviously, but listen, Marcel the Shell. when you're talking uh-huh. about family movies, mm-hmm. and not a, you, could, you can call Minions a dumb kids movie, but I don't think that movies should just be automatically made for kids. I feel like even if it had, like, even like, let's say a cartoon, like Paw Patrol, mm-hmm. uh-huh. should have an element of relatability to adults and not just oh adults know this like when it plays old 70s music it's like oh adults you got this reference your kids are laughing at the minions but you're laughing at the 70s reference and it's so lazy and contrived and all of the jokes in that movie one thing i can say about the original minions is that there mm-hmm. there are setups and there are punchlines. And not every joke needs to have a setup and a punchline. Like, take the Eric Andre show. You don't know what that is. But it's a very no. random 
comedy. My Ruby can confirm. Everybody who I know can confirm. My sense of humor is extremely random. Yes, can confirm for sure. But the yes. minions, things just happen, and but they're not funny things that happened. And I all the I would disagree. God, I thought it's, it was funny, and it's ugly. That movie looks disgusting. No, it doesn't. It looks like worse Francis, than the first Minions. San Francisco. Francis, wait, San Francisco. San Francisco. It San looks, Francisco. God, it just looks it's like terrible. Fun in California. But when you're comparing no. that to Marcel the Shell with shoes well, on, which is yeah. maybe the best movie I've, I've seen this year so far. And that's it's a family movie nice. too. It's a yeah. very different movie from Minions. But the jokes, they got setups, they got punchlines, you've got re- relatability to adults and the kids. True. Anybody. Relatability to anybody. That's a very important quality that a lot of people forget about movies is that you have to have relatability to some extent. Even when you're watching, take a movie like Melancholia, and let's just say you're like right. happy-go-lucky all the time, and you're watching Melancholia you can find a sense of relatability in some of the characters and their struggles. But you yeah. just can't do that in Minions. And I know that sounds super pretentious and just enjoy it. It's a kid's movie. But, like, yeah, it's not even enjoyable. It's just bad and strange and nothing feels needed. It just feels unnecessary. It, okay. it, it doesn't I, feel I, like it's telling a story at all. I understand that because yeah, there is there's no real plot to Minions, but I think we just have different like qualifications of what is enjoyable. Well, okay, but you got what? What do you <laughs> see in Minions that you also see in Marcel Michel? Nothing, but it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy them. Well, okay, what like do you I see? enjoy them both individually. What do you see in I Minions? Don't know. It's just entertaining. There's no meaning. There's no relatability, but it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy it. What is entertaining because- about the movie? Because I like seeing them do their thing. I like following, like, what they're, like, funny. I don't know. No, it's, not like, it's not like I see myself in the Minions that I know. Much. I know. Actually, Otto, I kind of understood. I'm such an Otto fan. I hate I feel Otto. like I could kind of... Uh, Bro needs to shut his mouth. Did you no. hear me in the theater? I turned to Ellen and I was like, Otto needs to shut up. Actually, Ruby, when we were watching this, I looked over and Ruby was just entranced. That's how you have to do it to get the full experience. Yeah, well, I couldn't be entranced when there was, a, there was a crowd of yelling toddlers. This one, this one little girl, <laughs> this one girl kept running up to go see her friend. I guess who was in the audience. Yeah, and, and she was in our row, and her she mom was right kept, next to me. Really, her mom yes. kept coming up and having to grab her and take her away. Yeah, at one point she sat in the chair next to me and she started like bouncing up and down and screaming. <laughs> and her did, mom had to come like. Did the kid her. know her? I guess so. They looked like they were talking, and then, but then she got a little too excited, and then her mom like lifted her up <laughs> out of the chair from beside me. God, it was great. <laughs> oh god, it's just, that, it's that was the best experience. The funniest part about watching that movie was watching the moms and the audience around us go. <laughs> That was the funniest thing. Some of the moms were laughing more than the kids were. Yes, exactly. This, it would be silent except for a couple moms like, hey, 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 hey. Right? Like, okay, girl. Know. Like, 
maybe that's relatability. Maybe I just don't understand. Maybe that has yeah, maybe we're just not the right age. Well, we definitely aren't the right age target age audience, probably. No, but, but we are because they marketed it towards I, us. Mm, I guess so. I guess this Minions movie more than ever was yeah, but widely accepted by teenagers. Yes, this movie. It's not the kind of movie where you take a group of friends out in suits to go watch. Like it's not no. even, it's not even on that level of like f- like ironic funniness. Like it's just a bad movie. Like you wouldn't do that for Sing. T- I know Minions are a huge meme, but you wouldn't do that for yeah. Sing Two, which is terrible. Yeah. I don't really know what started. Do you know what started the whole? Like, oh, it had to be some like marketing ploy over at Illuminations. The marketing budget Probably. for this movie was huge. I think they knew yeah. what they were doing when they when they had that whole Yeet song, Rich Minion. Oh, come yes. on, I can't. They knew what they they knew exactly what they were doing. No, they definitely did. Yeah, the soundtrack they had so they had like they had a ton of people Brock on the Hampton, soundtrack, but I favorite... didn't even hear. Phoebe Bridgers. Phoebe Bridgers, but Phoebe Bridgers wasn't even in the movie. Because it's goodbye to love, but her version wasn't even in the movie, which is so sad. I would have loved that. But yeah, Yeah. they they definitely were trying to market this one more to our age. But I but I also I don't know. I just I think I'm just I would enjoy anything the minions do. Because I just have like a level of nostalgia with them. They gotta it's like you and Megamind. No, but Megamind is like has a story. And Some relatability, sort of loose story, yeah, and character arcs and development. Besides, I want to be the greatest super villain, Grandpa, Grandpa. Oh my god! Yeah, voice in that movie was so annoying. I hated it. Tried to make it higher because he's younger. I know, but it was but so it is aggravating. Annoying. Oh my god! But Marcel the Shell, I'm not going to say anything incredible. about it because I'm. Yeah. I will start crying if. Yeah. I cried in the theater. Ruby saw me bawling. I did. That's the most... I looked over because I wasn't sure if you were actually crying or if you were kidding or not. But I was like, oh, shoot. Nah, <laughs> that movie's sad. No, um, it was really sad. That's the sad. most I could, I've cried in the theater cried. since. Um, well, I've cried, I cried at Top Gun. But when's the last yeah. time I really cried at a theater? I don't know. No, I see why, though. It is really... I was not expecting that at all, but God, it was so good. Yeah, and also really sad. I almost cried, but I please I go like watch Marcel instead of Minions. I, I can't agree on that. You'll get a lot more from it than you will. It's from beautiful. It's hilarious. It's everything. It's the best movie of this year so far, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it really, it really gets because it. At one second you're like cackling and then you're crying like you when the gush hits too hard. No, you're it's like the, yeah, there's a joke in there that really killed me. Um, but yeah. yeah but then it really it just gets you and all that oh god, it's so good. Would that's, highly recommend. Yeah, that's about it. Anyways, let's get on to our recommendations for next episode. Okay, yes. Um Starting. I'll start. My rec- I have the old recommendation this week. My recommendation is Les Samurai. It is a French yeah. movie. You'd think it would be Japanese because it's samurai, but it's it's right. French. It's directed by Jean-Pierre Melville, who uh, okay. 
stars and some Jean-Luc Godard, one of the most famous new, uh, yeah, new age. What am I talking about? New wave French filmmakers. And he directs his own movies. Um, And one of them is Les Samurai. I don't know much about it. And that's what we're going to be. It's on HBO Max and we'll do it. What's your recommendation, Ruby? Okay, so I was really, really struggling to find one. And so I resorted to Googling best artsy movies of the like 21st century. And I think Google took me a little bit seriously on this one, like a literal movie, like art movie. So anyways, At Eternity's Gate. I don't know. Have you seen oh, it? Oh, At Eternity's Gate? Yes. I've seen that. No, no. You didn't write on a, a letterbox. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that movie. Oh my god. Yeah, I was talking about that with my friend's dad the other day. No. Okay. You need to log it because I'm going off of Letterboxd if you've logged it on there or not. Yeah, that's a great movie. The director of that movie (gasps) also made a movie about basket? Basket? The squats. How do you say his name? Oh, Basquiat. I love Basquiat. Yes. Oh my god. He made a, you made I a you have a post so on much. Instagram about that. Yes, I went to that exhibit in New York, and I have a book on him and a shirt. I love him so much. Yeah, his art is very. Anyways, good. I should watch the movie. Yeah, Basquiat. Um, Basquiat. Yes. Basquiat. Whatever. Okay. Well, it, now it has Jeffrey Wright. David Bowie is in Basquiat. The movie. Oh my god. Okay. I will be watching oh, that. Well, we're, we're, we can still do Eternity's Gate. I haven't seen that movie in a while, probably since like 2019. Okay. So, that, okay. Next episode, oh. Les Samurai yes. and yes. At Eternity's Gate. Two French movies, basically. Hey. Okay, love. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Um, yes. Anything you'd like Thanks to plug? Thanks for listening. Uh, do I have anything to plug? I don't know. Just as always, go follow the Instagram. Go follow the Instagram. Devin and Ruby podcast. Right, right. Follow our letterboxes. Are in they're in the description. Um, yes. Share this podcast with your family, friends, what have you. Um, exactly. Yes. Yes. It's yeah. Uh, we're trying to take this far. We're probably gonna we're gonna try and do it throughout our high school career. Yeah. So and... we'll end up with. Quite a few episodes. Yes, we'll have quite a few episodes under our belt. So, yes, share it around. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's about it for this episode. Uh, Go check out Melancholia. Yes, I would Um, recommend both of these movies very much. Yes, yes, definitely. So, yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks. Oh, Groovy Nation. Groovy. Oh, dude. Yo, Groovy Nation. Shout out to the Groovy Nation. (laughs) All you out there. Another episode. All you out there. I think this one might be a little shorter. Whoa. By like how much? Like five minutes? Like 10 minutes, maybe. Okay. Well, it's something. I won't complain. Shout out to the Groovy Nation. Follow the gram. (laughs) Share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. Peace Thanks for listening. Out. Peace.